0: I really wanted to sing that song. <laughs> they said no. There's nothing like a a guy in a flannel shirt singing that song. Isn't that awesome? Uh, we're gonna start a series uh, called Desperado for Men, and it's jo- not just for uh, any men. It's uh, if, if you're a man who's living kind of life to the fullest, you know. The path that you're on, you've discovered your identity, you're walking in that, and every day is just your cup is full and overflowing and and all that kind of stuff. And this series is not for you, okay? This is a series for men who have questions about their life. Uh, is this all there is? What does it mean to be a real man? Why is it that uh, when I, I feel like I've done what... I was meant to do but in our society today every every problem is my fault uh, uh, why is there uh, more to life that I believe is out there and yet I'm not experiencing it this is a series for men uh, who are kind of uh, confused about who they are and and where they're going in life and so Uh, Oftentimes, what we do is we are preaching and teaching to men uh, and women uh, that uh, are kind of growing in their faith. They're being encouraged in their faith. But today, what we want to do throughout this whole series, four or five weeks, uh, going into our Easter celebration, is try to focus on all those men out there who have questions and they're skeptical uh, maybe about who God is and and why what does God have to offer in this regard, so hopefully, if you are one of those people that is filled with courage and confidence, and you're a man, you're mentoring other men, you're doing all these things, that this is an opportunity for you to say, hey, I, I'm, this is just a reminder, but it's an opportunity to take some of the things that we're going to address and share it with uh, men or sons or grandsons in this world. You can also share it with women who are uh, frustrated, to say the least, with men. And that's one of the issues that we're going to face is that you know, women are really frustrated, and the reason I think women are frustrated is because men are super confused about who they are and what role they're supposed to play in today's world. Uh, just to kind of give you some stats uh, on what's happening out there, did you know that fewer men today are actually working than ever before in the history of America? A lot of people do not know this, but during the Great Depression, the unemployment rate of men between 25 and 54 was 14%, right? So a lot of people were pushed out of work during that period of time because they played with the stats. They don't track people who aren't looking for work anymore. Do you know what the percent is of men between the ages of 25 and 54 that don't work today? 14.4%. It's higher than the Great Depression, Fewer men are engaging in marriage and family. 60% of 24 to 30-year-olds males are single. 60% are single. 50% of those have no desire to be in a relationship. Fewer men are pursuing college. For every 60 women graduates, graduates with a bachelor's degree, only 40 males graduate Boys are falling behind in school at an alarming rate. 80% of all awards, scholarships, and recognizable achievements go to girls today. Men have fewer peer-to-peer relationships. 35 years ago, 56% of men who were in their 50s, so around 55, they reported that they had four or five close friends. Today, only 27% of men in their 50s say they have close friends. They don't have any friends. More men are experiencing drug and alcohol addiction. More men are experiencing depression, anxiety, and mental health issues. There's a massive drop. This little PG-13. Because a lot of people say, well, this is all, you know, up in their head. There is a massive drop, 60% drop in sperm counts among males. So, so So now we're talking real physiological changes here. Men are more at risk of being victimized by violent crime. They're three and a half times more likely than women to die by suicide. Their life expectancy is 4.9 years shorter than women's. Boys are far far more likely in our today's society to be diagnosed with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder than girls. And in our public school system, they face harsher punishments more than girls. Now, I think that's why that song... Is so important because the Eagles, you know, they wrote it, I don't know, 30, 40 years ago, (laughs) 45 years ago. And it's just become more uh, poignant in its capacity to capture the ethos of what men in our society are facing today. More and more men are checking out, right? They're kind of just saying, look, just leave me alone. I'm just going to be out here riding fences, right? I'm going to do my thing. Just leave me alone. I'm tired of the conflict. I'm tired of the, you know, the um, being blamed for everything. I, I, I don't know the answers everybody's looking for. I'm just going to do my thing. Just leave me alone. So I want to talk to all those men who are skeptical about their lives, skeptical about life, skeptical about God. You know, I was... Uh, probably about a year ago, after COVID kind of had broken up a little bit, I was out at a social event, and uh, years and years ago, and probably I mean I, I love to ski. And years and years and years ago, I was out skiing by myself, and i get on a ski lift, you know, and, you know, these, this guy on there, I was riding single, and he was talking to me, and he's like, oh, dude, you know, it's just so gnarly today. That's how they talked, you know, back then, you know, these young guys, and so it was awesome, what do you do, and I'm talking skiing and all this kind of stuff, you know, and he's got really, he's speaking a lot of French, and um <laughs> And I'm like, what do you do? You know, Oh man, I'm working at my grind. He goes, what do you do? And I, I'm like, man, whenever I meet people, sometimes I don't like saying, you know? So I go, well, I'm a pastor of a church. There's this long silence. <laughs> and then he goes, dude, I went to church once, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I know what that long silence is doing right there. He's, he's thinking to himself, how much French did I speak when I was talking to this guy before I found out what he does? You know, they treat you different. Well, it's changed because after COVID, I was at the social event and this guy says he finds out what I did. I said, oh, I'm pastor of church because I've been doing that long. I said, yeah, you know, over 35 years. And he goes, yeah, you know, I, you know, it's just irrelevant to me. You know, I mean, why as a guy, as a man, why would I even want to even think about that? You know? Well, <clears throat> this series is for those men who are seeking and searching and they are not quite convinced that God has the answer. All right. Now, just so that you know, um, I'll tell you what my bias is first. My, my first and foremost, my, bi- my bias in answering any questions that men have about their lives is I go to an objective truth outside of us. And that's the Bible. So our Bible is our authority. Our Bible is our God, our guide. And the, uh, the thing that's really important to understand is that there are other books, though, uh, that really have researched this and are out there. I'd like to show you just some because some people are say, well, what are you reading? What are you thinking about? Here's some books right now. Uh, this one is by Richard Reeves, The Boys and Men. There's Boys Adrift by uh, Leonard Sachs. He's a PhD. There's Warren Farrell, PhD, John Gray, PhD. The Boy Crisis, The War Against Boys by Christina Hoff Summers. Uh, A.J. Uh, Kessling is Where Have All the Good Men Gone. Uh, has done a lot. They've done a lot of research and probably the leading researcher right now, on boys turning into men in our culture, is Philip Zimbardo. Dr. Philip Zimbardo is a professor at Stanford and he really studies a lot and uh, researches this. And so, that's just some of the stuff uh, uh, about what's going on and, and has been going on in our culture over the last 25 years. And the trend all comes down to one thing, and that is that men are simply going their own way. They are checking out, I'll do my own thing, leave me alone, I'll, I'll still do a job. I'll ride the fence, but uh, I'm not really into it. And so my hope is that this series helps those men find answers to the deepest questions of their soul. Now, why? Why would we care about that? Well, I'll tell you why. Because the world is in desperate need of men, real men, grown-up men, who are leaders, they're fighters, they're warriors, protectors, innovators, creators, builders, explorers, fathers, and husbands. The world needs these men. And so my question for you is let's get a little personal. Are you one of those guys, if you're listening for the very first time, are you one of those guys who wonder if your life is worth it? Is this really um, something that you should consider that's going to do anything to help you discover what it means to be a real man in this world. Well, I'd like to introduce to you a character in the Bible by the name of Peter, okay? Uh, his name was first Simon, and then they changed it to Peter. So they sometimes they call him Simon, sometimes they call him Peter, and sometimes it's confusing because you're like, okay. And then he had a nickname Cephas. So it's like, could you guys just make up your mind and get one? Well, it'd be a lot. But no, just goes to show you how personal it was. And the thing about Peter is really interesting is that Peter was a successful man, okay? He owned a business. He was drawn to working outdoors. He was a fisherman. But he had done well enough to employ somewhere between eight and ten other men, all right? And so he was successful. You have to realize his business, okay, and the way he ran his business, supported eight to ten families of people, put food on the table and a roof over the head right? So, but there was something missing in his life, okay? So let's read this story and see what happens. It's in Luke chapter 5, okay? And if you uh, don't have your Bible with you, the verses will pop up as I read them. Now, one day, Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret. It's also known as the Sea of Galilee, okay? The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats, left there by the fishermen who were washing or fixing, cleaning their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, who's also known as Peter, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he says to Simon, row out or put out into the deeper water and let down your nets for a catch. And of course, Simon goes, master, we've worked hard all night. We haven't caught anything. So he's basically saying, uh, good at speaking. You know nothing about fishing, right? (laughs) You know nothing about fishing. You don't fish when it's Warm, you know, doesn't work that way. The fish aren't feeding right now. He says, but because you say so, I'll do it. I'll go out, I'll let down the nets. I'll just do it. Now, this tells me that Peter kind of knew who Jesus was. maybe he didn't know him personally, but he kind of heard about him because he's been going around making a stir around the Sea of Galilee region up there in Capernaum. he says When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats, and they began to sink. And when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees, and he said, go away from me, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And what he means by that is, is today we've used that term sinful uh, not in the way that Peter meant it, okay? What he's saying is he's saying, dude, I, I, I don't measure up to that. Sorry, <laughs> you know, I don't measure up. I know I'm fully aware of my failures and my idiosyncrasies, right? Don't need this aggravation in my life. I'm out, all right? He says, go away from me because I I'm not in that. I can't level up to that. For he and all of his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. Even James and John, the sons of Debedee, Simon's partners. Okay, so you see how big this fishing endeavor was. Then Jesus says to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will be a fisher of men. Now, the NIV translates it as people, people. But the actual phrase comes from the Greek word anthroponoi, which is we get anthropology from, which is the study of, basically it means men. So it says, you will now on fish for men. So guess what happens? They pull up their boats, left everything, and followed him. They're nuts. What? Okay, you caught some fish. So what? You know? I mean, guys, do you go out to the lake and you have the best day of fishing ever, you limit in 45 minutes, and then come home and say, honey, I sold the boat and the company and I'm not, I'm just, I'm going off on a retreat, a walkabout. Your wife would go, what, are you nuts? Okay, so these guys are crazy. What in the world could inspire them, challenge them to do something so drastic? Well, I think there's four things. The first thing is this, is in the very beginning, it says that Jesus was doing what? He was teaching the word of God. So for the very first time, Peter hears Jesus teaching the very words of God. Have you as men ever actually heard the words of God? I understand why you could be skeptical. I understand why you have questions about it. I understand why you might wonder about it. But my question for you is, have you ever actually heard, read, what Jesus actually said? Or... Have you been indoctrinated by this society in which you live, misled by people who seek to control you and manipulate your drives against you as a man? Has that ever dawned on you? Has it ever dawned on you that you listen to the world and now you're wondering what's the point of being a man in this world? There's a story of a, a man, very influential man, in the latter half of the 20th century that he, wa- he was a speaker, a writer, he wrote predominantly, that helped bring down the Russian communist regime. He helped in communism, right? And he talks about what inspired him. And you know what he said? Is He said, every day I went to school, they told me that God doesn't exist. Every day. And he said, year after year, he said, eventually, I asked myself, why are they working so hard to convince me about something that doesn't exist? If it didn't exist, wouldn't you just say it doesn't exist and move on? But every single day, God doesn't exist. So he says, and it was in that moment, I just asked myself, maybe they're lying to me. And he said, it was in that moment, my entire worldview changed. And he became one of the leaders that brought down communism. Could you consider for a moment, men, that your world has led you down this path? At some point, you must consider another possibility of the world in which you live. You need to hear what this society is trying to tell you, trying to force you, trying to mold you and shape you and push you into its mold, and that it has an agenda for doing so. Because the one thing that our world, it doesn't matter whether you live in a Western democracy or an Eastern dictatorship, the one thing that the world has, is real men men who think for themselves they live with honor and integrity and they courageously speak truth all the time and one of the things that our society is telling you over and over and over again is that you are the problem you are not the problem my friend you are the answer to the problems It is the absence of masculine males that cause many of society's problems. Masculinity is not toxic. Masculinity provides. Masculinity protects. It operates out of a position of strength, control, and honor. Jesus is the perfect example of a masculine soul. He had the power of the universe at his fingertips. What were the temptations that Satan used when he took Jesus? What did he do? He says, go and exercise your authority, you know, cast yourself down. People gather. He goes, no, I'm not going to do that. He goes, well, you're starving. You have the power to turn these stones into bread. Nope, not going to do that. You know, I will give you everything. People fall down and worship you. Nope, not going to do that. The most powerful being that ever walked the face of the earth does what? He takes a beating for you and me and allows himself to die on a cross. Oftentimes people are saying, who do you think killed Jesus? I said, I don't think anybody killed Jesus. Jesus is the one who decided whether he would die or not. He was in charge of it. Have you ever heard the story of the actor that uh, plays Optimus Prime? You know, he voices Optimus Prime in the Transformer movies. Now, if you're a guy, I hope you've seen the Transformer movies because they're tons of fun, you know, but they also speak, Optimus Prime speaks guy language. He speaks guy's language, right? He always talks about, you know, even in our darkest hour, we stand courageously against the evil of this world. And he has this baritone rich voice and it's just i don't know it's just even in the midst of war it's it's like calming and it's inspiring And the story of the actor that they uh hired to voice optimus prime has an incredible story about how he got the job he said he has an older brother there's a big age gap who went to vietnam as a marine and he's a decorated marine and he said, back in the 80s, he said his brother, older brother, uh, and he were living in this little apartment in New York City. And in the morning, you know, his brother who would go out and was working one morning, he's like, hey, what are you doing today? He goes, well, I'm going to voice, I'm, I'm, I'm trying out, uh, I got an audition to voice this, uh, this robot, you know. He goes, what, a car? And he tries to explain to him and he doesn't understand it. He goes, look, the bottom line is, is that he's a hero, He's trying to save the world from the bad guys. And his brother says to him, he says, well, don't talk like a fake hero. And he goes, what do you mean by that? He says, you need to talk like a real hero. And he said, I looked at my older brother who came back from Nam, decorated as a real hero. And this is what he told me. He says, talk like you are strong enough to be gentle. And that's the voice of Optimus Prime. He's so powerful, he can be gentle. So my friend, the first thing you got to do is you have to ask yourself, have I ever understood real strength? And have I ever given God and the power, the strength of his word, a fair hearing in my life? Have I ever actually considered it? Or have I listened to the world tell me that I'm the problem and that I shouldn't listen to what God has to say about what it means to be a man? Because if you pursue God, you turn out into this misogynistic, power-hungry, patriarchal male. It's just simply not true. Because notice what happens is after Peter hears what he says, Jesus then invites Peter to do something. Now, I would like to propose uh, something for you to think about, and that is is that men and women meet Jesus in different ways based on the fact that they're men and women. And I have a very controversial statement right now that if you're bothered by it, I don't mean to offend you, but I'm just going to speak the truth, that men and women are different. Just saying, you know, we're a little different. Personally, this the Lord doesn't say this, but personally I will say this. I really like the fact that women are different. (laughs) That's why I like them so much. (laughs) They're awesome, (laughs) right? (laughs) You know, I like my buddies. They're just not very good looking, you know? (laughs) Women are. They're beautiful. I love that. But notice that... Jesus does something totally man masculine to Peter. What does he do? He says, Peter, put out into the deep. Let's go fishing. Let's go do something. If you listen and hear the words of God, that eventually Jesus is going to extend an invitation for you to do something as a man. And you need to learn or wait or listen to what God is asking you to do. And oftentimes we don't want God to tell us or share with us or invite us as men to do something different. This is why Peter does the very first thing. And he says, God, you don't know what you're talking about. You fish at night, not when the fish aren't feeding. You don't do that. And yet, Jesus says, I need you to do something for me. And so what does Peter do? He says, okay. And what happens? A miracle. Something he never expected happened in his life. Guys, is that something that maybe would stir your soul just a little bit? Because deep in your soul, you know, there's something missing. Something is not quite right about your life. I was meant for something more. Well, there comes an invitation, and that invitation is from God to do something for him. And then once he responded, notice what happens after he sees all these fish, is he goes, whoa, I am not enough. And so he tries to pull back. At every point in a man's life, He has to come face to face with himself. And most guys don't do that. Most guys are wanting to try to prove themselves. They set more goals, they do more things, or they check out and they just look for distractions. They do things to distract themselves because, at the core, every man is asking a question. His soul is Am I enough? Am I enough? And a lot of people don't want to ask, men don't want to ask that question at all. But if you want to become a real man and understand your masculine heart, you have to at some point face who you are. You have to look in the mirror and evaluate yourself. And that, my friends, takes courage more than anything else. That's true courage for a guy. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is facing our fear and doing the right thing anyway. You have to confront that part of you that wants to run away. This is called at its core accepting responsibility for yourself. Facing who you are and accepting responsibility for yourself. I've often talked to women who are single and they they asked this question said, I've dated a lot of guys that I turned out that they were boys walking around in men's bodies. So, pastor, do you have like a pair of glasses that you could give me, you know, that I could put on to see that this is not an adult male, it's actually a boy walking around in adult male clothes? I go, they don't make such a thing. Sorry. But one thing to find out is, has, what's the difference between a boy and a man is if he's accepted responsibility for himself in his life. And how do you know if he's done that? He's come face to face with himself. A lot of men, this is why in their soul, men are drawn towards adventure. They're drawn towards challenges. They're drawn towards uh, insurmountable things. Why? Because they know in those moments they have to face who they really are as a man. There were two boys who wanted to play major league baseball. They were the best athletes on their teams in middle school and high school. They both got... uh, uh, scholarships to play collegiate ball, so they go to college. They're in the development program, but they get to that third and fourth year, and the coach sits down, and has a talk with them, and the coach says uh, to both of them, he "says Look, you guys are good. You're you're good. You're great utility players. You're not good enough to play MLB. It's never going to happen. And I want to save you the pain, both of you," he said separately, but same speech, I want to save you the pain of playing, you know, single A ball, you know, the Geronimo Gophers, uh, making $600 a month, you know, eating hot dogs for the next 10, 15 years of your life, thinking that you're going to, he goes, you're you're not going to get to triple A because even though you work hard and you're awesome, you just don't have the athletic talent to get there. Both boys, young men at this time, you know, 22, 23, took it differently. One said this. He said, "Thank you." Uh, and he poured himself into college and he said, "It's awesome. I got a free college education." He got out of college, he got married, started a family and has lived a really great job. The other guy said, "I don't believe you. I'm going to do it." And he did exactly what the coach said. He spent 15 years playing single and double-A ball, never enough to get up to AAA or go he never went. And he got to the end and he realized, man, I just wasted all of these years of my life. The thing that separates the men from the boys is men confront themselves. And oftentimes we do what Peter does. We pull back. And here's the thing that I want you to grab a hold of, the truth that is so important. If you face yourself without Jesus in the room That's a mistake. When you face who you really are as a man and Jesus isn't there, that's a really huge recipe for disaster. Because you notice what Jesus did? Peter says, I'm facing myself. I can't level up. What does Jesus in the boat with him say? Yeah, you're right, you dirtbag, scumbag bucket. You're lower than the snake's belly in a wagon wheel rut, you know? I mean, you need an umbrella so ants don't pee on you. (laughs) Is that what Jesus said? No. I think Jesus, with a smile on his face, he just laughs with a smile on his face. He goes, it doesn't matter. Don't be afraid. You're now going to be a fisher of men. There comes a time in every man's life where he must choose to live for something bigger than himself. That's what your soul longs for. This is so obvious when you look at men and their pursuits. You know, I, I know women who are married to men who are the most rabid Kentucky fans or Ohio State fans or the Denver Bronco fans or the Seattle Seahawks fans. These guys, you know, they have underwear monogram from the Seattle Seahawks. You know, they're trying to figure out how to save all their lunch money so they can buy a pair of gloves that, you know, one of the players wore. And you women look at them, what is your problem? how can you be such a fan of that? That doesn't make any sense to me. You're so in it. You know, everything, you know, she's thinking to herself, I wish you could just remember my birthday as much as you could remember the batting averages of every players on the New York, you know, Yankees team. How do you do that? Well, that's because men are fans of teams. Men get all in on hobbies, right? They they get all in on hobbies. They can tell you, you know, about a 420 cubic engine and, you know, it's compression ratio, and they can tell you all that kind of stuff. They get into these things. Why? Because deep in the soul, men long to be a part of something bigger than themselves. And this is just a shadow. It's just a little thing that really points you to the greatest thing. And that is, is that your soul was meant to follow the greatest adventure of all. And that is an invitation from Jesus to know him because he wants you to know who you are. And notice what he did. He didn't invalidate Peter. He didn't say, Peter, everything you've done to this point has been bit of a train wreck. Look at your life. It's just a mess. Did he say that? No. He looked at, G- at Peter and he said, you know what? You're a fisherman. You're going to still be a fisherman. You've learned skills. You have knowledge. You have talent. You've, bu- you've built this fishing business. You have all these things. Guess what? We're just going to take these things and we're going to turn them towards a greater purpose. You're going to be a fisher of people now, fisher of men. Do you see how Jesus does that? He invites you to follow for a larger purpose. There's something about Jesus where all of these men dropped what they were doing and they followed him. There's something about Jesus. Our goal as a church is to help you men meet that Jesus. You need that Jesus in your life because you need a purpose. It's not that you have not done well. It's not that you have not experienced some success. It's all about discovering the true nature of your soul so that you can fan the flames of your God-given masculine heart. So please accept this challenge. Accept the invitation, like Peter did, from Jesus to discover who you are in him. C.S. Lewis once said it this way He goes, Our true selves, our real selves, are waiting for us in Christ. Isn't it time you discovered your real, true, authentic self? Really discovered as a guy. I, I can't tell you that, but God can. And if this message could help someone you know, if it could help you or a brother or a friend or a coworker, share it with them. Pull it right off uh, our website our YouTube channel. If you're watching online, please join the discussion group immediately after service today to try to further the discussion. Next week, we're going to talk about men and relationships and why they're so confusing to men. So we're going to dig into that. What I'd like you to do now is we're going to stand for closing prayer. Father, we know that there are so many men seeking seeking. And we want to help them find who they were meant to be in you. Bless us, God. Lead us and guide us according to your will and purpose in this endeavor. Amen. God bless you. See you next Sunday.
1: Good morning. Good morning. Happy Sunday. And welcome to our new service here. We've got a new series called Desperado, which is pretty exciting. I hope you guys listened to the worship. If not, make sure you go back in the recording and listen to it. It was really good. We had a little bit of a... Uh, I think unconditional and uh, not un- un- unconventional way of, of uh, Worship today, so I'd yeah. yep. love to hear from you guys what you guys thought. It's really nice good. nice job worship team as always um, Today as we start off this series for Desperado We're gonna ask a few questions that are really focused on the direction that this series is gonna go and that is what? What is it like to be a man? What is it supposed to be like? How do we do it? And as a One of those, as a member of the man party, (laughs) I would love any answers. (laughs) So uh, today we have uh, our guests here. Once again, welcome. Welcome. Um, We're going to kick the first questions off to Darren, uh, and the questions will be on the bottom of your screen, so follow along. As always, I do have the phone not just to be rude, but also because I'd love to include you guys. So if you guys have any questions, issues, thoughts, please throw your comments in here. and I will get to them as I check out the live chat feature on the YouTubes. Um, first question is, Darren, if the world is better off with men around, then why does it make it so hard for boys to become men?
2: Uh, I think that's that's a difficult thing to understand. It's a, it's a multi-part yeah. question. Um, I think that it makes it difficult because the enemy is constantly throwing confusion out there from both the female perspective and the male perspective. Um, I think that the enemy doesn't want men or boys to become men because boys that become men are a threat to him uh, because men, real men, men of Christ, um, uh, lead people in defeat or lead people to defeat the enemy. And I should say Jesus defeated the enemy, but they lead people to live in victory over the enemy is the better way to say it. That's a great way to say it. I, I think that that's you know that not to blame at all on the enemy I mean I think that there's there's worldly things that distract uh, boys and girls mm-hmm. and men and women from men from needing or understanding the the role that men are supposed to have yeah. Yeah. Um, I just I just think there's a huge ball of confusion uh, I think there always has been but I think in the in the recent years um, it's gotten way worse yeah way worse
1: mm-hmm. I, I I think you almost have to read this question like three times to kind of wrap your mind around it because when it says, if the world is better off when men are around, then why does it, meaning the world, make it so hard for boys to become men? Well, to your point, the direction that the world wants to take us, which I understand the enemy is brought up, obviously, the whole time, but this is his playground, right? Mm -hmm. So this playground for him would benefit with less men, right? Less direction, less... um, Uh, that world, that that understanding and it's not it's unfortunately not um, it's, well I mean let me rephrase that, it's not confusing it is, the world it's so blatantly obvious when men aren't in homes, when men aren't in when men, like adult male figures because for me personally, I grew up without many adult male figures and if they were there I had to discern what parts of them were valuable and what parts of them are destructive for me yeah. And at my age, I, I had no chance. So even if it's not like that direct, like husband, like boss figure, not to discredit people who, like, who are in that role, but the man figure, the figure of that responsibility, without that, I don't think, I mean, I, how lost could you possibly be? Mm-hmm. And so the value of the world comes from people who are disconnected from that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think about that?
3: Yeah, I think society really plays a big role. Um, I mean, we both like the old movies, the Turner Classic movie (laughs) channel, the Black and White with Jimmy Stewart. And, you know, men were this way and women were that way. And I see over time, just on television shows, of how a man is portrayed. You know, I think there's been some respect issues you know I think the enemy doesn't want us to respect the man you know God created man first Mm -hmm. he's supposed to be the leader like pastor said the warrior you know he's the adventurer I mean not all men are the same but I think there is just media and spiritual warfare of coming against the man because if you can break down the man that affects the woman if Mm -hmm. they're married you know the the whole family dynamic it's a breakdown of the family yeah. it's hard.
1: I think it's, you, you kind of bring up a point that I have to remind myself that sometimes, and he kind of brought this up as many, even the way that Simon was talking about how, I think I think he was talking about, but talking about how as soon as he saw like Jesus with the fish, as soon as he saw, he's like, dude, I'm not worthy. What are you doing here? Like yeah. you have mm-hmm. way bigger places, more important places to be. What are you yeah. doing with me? Why'd yeah. you pick me? I feel that way even today, obviously, yeah. right? In our, t- in our day, the world we live in, it's like, sometimes i wonder why i'll be honest with you guys like that's what we're here for sometimes i wonder why god even like jesus even died for us like what why did you even do that right Mm -hmm. so that but the fact that he did that and he's fighting for us and the fact that the enemy is fighting Mm -hmm. hard to take us as well makes us valuable there's obviously a value we may not fully understand Mm -hmm. and that's what's happening with male Mm -hmm. and like the, the idea of masculinity right now it is being attacked yeah. Yes. On one side because it's important. Amen. If yes. it wasn't important, they would leave it oh. alone right yes. So like it's important to recognize that when the enemy is attacking it and God's trying to protect it, then you have to recognize that this that, that factor is super important. Yep.
3: Yeah, right. my pastor said I think you have to know who you are. Yeah. In this age, I mean as a woman too, but as Absolutely. a man, you have to know who you are. You are treasured, you are valued, you are beloved. Yeah. And once they can get a hold of that, then the self-esteem is coming from who you are and your identity. Yep. You know, cuz I yep. think it's just it's just it's crazy times right now. We crazy all know that. It's
1: crazy times. Totally agree. Uh question 2, we'll kick it this way, ready? Ready? Okay. All right. What are the biggest challenges for boys in becoming men in today's world?
3: Well, having (laughs) raised a son who's now 28, will be 29 this year, um, I have seen him and and his friends um, when they would all come over to the house when they were young and growing up as boys, um, direction. I think that, you know, boys need direction. Um, They do need the male Uh, you know, role model there, uh, because I can see, you know, the studies are done that if a boy doesn't have the male figures in their life, then then the statistics are over here, and you know, I won't get into all that, but um, yeah... It's very challenging. Yeah. I, I uh, my heart goes out to young boys today um, when I see them out, you know, walking to school, driving to work. And sometimes I actually pray for the kids when they're walking to school. That's good. Tell me the question. Say the last part again. Yeah, Sorry. so
1: the, you're <laughs> totally fine. The second part of the so the full question is what are what are the biggest challenges yeah, for challenges. boys in becoming men in today? Yeah.
3: World? Um everything we've been talking about. Yeah. Um I think who they are supposed to be um You know just as they're growing up of direction and what am i supposed to think what am i supposed to believe um the identity the the purpose you know like pastor was talking about
1: yeah well i think and 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 salty pastor did a great job kicking this off throughout this week if you guys don't check that out definitely take time to help in that because he does explain that the world is almost designed to push down Mm. on the on the masculinity of the male figure especially as like kids right statistically speaking, um, schools are kind of designed for girls. Yes. Yes. It's it's really designed for that temperament. It's true. But I have a 10-year-old son. And I think that if I I remember back when I was 10, that was probably the hardest age in a lot of ways because you physically need to be active and physical and beat somebody up in a fun way and wrestle and play football. and, And the first thing that he had taken away when he's doing misbehaving in school is recess you got to stay in class recess. And I instantly, because I know my son, I'm like, you're asking for it, dude. If you're a teacher, why would you take uh-huh. that away from the person who needs that to give you a chance for the second half of the day, yes. right? So it's almost, that's the first part is like, as a young boy, mm-hmm. you wait in line in the grocery store. You go to yes. school. You go to, even you go to church. You go to <laughs> social events. Yep. Every party you wants to like, I really want to. I have a different energy, mm-hmm. and, and as a society, we need to look at that and be like, "I'm not saying boys will be boys. I'm not a huge fan of that statement, mm-hmm. but I will say that there is a res- there's a value. Yeah. In I got a ten year old. He punches me. I tackle him. I toss him on the couch. He tries to take me out. There's a very beautiful thing about that mm-hmm. that I think society like pushes back first. I so I as agree. a young child, what chance
3: do you have? I homeschooled my son until third grade, and he. I did a lot of things to learn his learning style. It was mm-hmm. spelling words and throwing a ball. And okay, you spell it right, you get to throw it to me. And if you don't, you, you lose your turn. Or right? you know, they have the energy, the kinetic energy. And I read a book, and I want to get off on that. But you know, yeah, I agree with you about yep. school is sit down, be quiet, sit right. Yep. That's not. It's not all designed for boys. And I think yep. he had some statistics on that too.
1: He
2: did. You
3: know, he does a great um, job with. The settings, yeah, so. it's just. Yeah. Ugh.
2: Yeah, it's tough.
1: Darren, what's your two cents on that?
2: Uh, I agree with both of your points. You know, it would be, boys today don't have an example to follow. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, they have an example, it's not a good example. Exactly. They have an example of men that are generally checked out or that are goofballs, you know, or, or weak. Or, right. or they're portrayed in the media as, as bumbling idiots <laughs> yeah. and you know in all forms yeah. of the media and yeah. you know they're constantly told you know they're their natural things that drive a male to be a male are bad yeah you mm-hmm. know things are you know what for whatever it is whether it be you know uh, sports or or shooting or anything that's this masculine yeah um, not to be stereotypical but masculinity is is about the things that are more catered to the male form yep and uh, those things are constantly beat up in our culture and made to look like the villain and uh, evil
1: yep and i think that like if you if you want your kid to have no chance at this right it's to me and i'm not telling anybody what to do but like social media Mm -hmm. things like surfing through youtube and stuff the people who are championed in those worlds are not manly men yep. those manly men are not you're not gonna see them very often. Mm-hmm. So if you're relying on like if you' if your kids getting a lot of their social input through things like TV shows like you brought right. up movie and now the new wave of like what TV is now which is like YouTube you're gonna mm-hmm. see a different championed environment mm-hmm. which is not yep. masculine yep. And so I think that going into like the, that part of the question with the with the fact that um, what challenges they have that's a challenge as a parent. To understand what your kid is and what their intake is. Uh-huh. And that's really and a, it, a heap of difficulties. Yeah. Because everything what men want to be is loud, rough, right. gross. Like, yep. to be honest with you, yep. right? Let's, yep. Like, yeah. when you're a young kid, <laughs> everything's loud. Something's physical and everything's yep. gross. And those are three things nobody wants in their house, in their yep. classroom. Yeah. Or And and so we have to, as parents, be ahead of that. And if
2: the dad is gone or if the dad is checked mm-hmm. out yeah, as I'm a sorry. leader, yep. then, then there's, no, there's nothing for the young boy to... You know, to to strive for, to look up to, or to be like yep. that's that is that masculine figure that God designed. Yeah,
1: and that's that's where we as a community can be. That's where we should be. Yeah, yep. keep an eye out for that, mm-hmm. praying for those. So nice job praying. Way to start that one off. Praying for the kids as they're headed that yeah. way. Question three: uh, What does the invitation to Christ do for men in discovering their true masculinity therein?
2: Uh, I think it's I think for me it's it sets me free. Yeah. Uh, it sets me free from having to live up to anything that the world says I am supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's I love it. that's my first thing that that just comes to mind without even thinking about it uh, because my identity is not in me. Yeah. It's it's in Christ. And yeah. so he sets the standard so that takes a load off. Yeah. It yeah. does. You know, it, I don't have to do anything to, yeah. to yeah. prove anything to anybody. I mean, anything that I do that that, that proves me to somebody else mm-hmm. is that's well, like Paul said, it's it's all rubbish. Yeah. it's all it's all junk. I I, so.
1: I love that for a couple reasons. One, some of these questions, as you read them, I almost am prepared mm-hmm. for that can of Christian answers. Do you understand yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. open the can of Jesus is my north star, right? And yeah. like all the here, you hear all the same mm-hmm. stuff. But what you're saying, and I think this is something that if you're sitting here thinking about this and listening to this, hear this. Like what they saying is. It is not a book of rules mm-hmm. that you have to subject your life to for the sake of eternity. Mm-hmm. It's not like that. When you work with Jesus, not necessarily for Jesus, not necessarily as a result of Jesus, but you work with him, that means that the outcome is up to him yep. and that is mm-hmm. unbelievably freeing. Yep. Amen. It's not a huge mm-hmm. book of rules yep. that is suppressing you. or or holding you back from this world that the internet's going to tell you is out there, freedom Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. It is a partnership where you're working for the glory of God and that glory and the value and the result is up to him. And that's so unbelievably freeing, especially as men, right? We're, at least for me, I'm like a, I got a job to do. I got to do a thing. I got to do this thing. And once I do that, then I'll feel good for what I've done. Mm -hmm. I'll have a value. Mm -hmm. God's like, bro, you're doing it all wrong. Right. Mm -hmm. Do this with me. And let me have the value. You'll feel the weight off. So mm-hmm. hear that, Darren. Thank you so much for bringing that up. I think it's such, mm-hmm. such a good response. Anything you want to add to that?
3: Not really. <laughs> That's you a guys lot. It. it took a pretty <laughs>
1: big bite out of it, guys. Well, there's a couple comments on YouTube. I want to shout out real quick, Cammy. As always, thank you so much. Uh, you said uh, the enemy, the enemy's goal is chaos. Yeah. And the chaos comes from those two mm-hmm. different factors, of course. Um, Uh, let's see the Karen. Thank you. The boys uh, rarely take responsibility to fund their own uh, participation to do the support work of their ambition. And when it falls to girls, women, it's, it is they who gain strength and rise above men, and that's a very good call out. Yep. Dangerous world, right? Yep. When th- that sounds like what Cammy brought up before, which is a chaos yep. where we don't mm-hmm. have that direction, and it forces people's yep. hands. Um, Cammy again, the world pushes the idea that all aggr- aggression is evil, but that's not true. And if you guys ever want to hear a really good talk on that, there's a conversation. There's a story Jordan Peterson talks about um, about how men are kind of designed to be capable of violence but hold mm-hmm. but being but the control is where the peace comes from. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no uh, value in someone who's incapable. Right. Right. There's no value in being incapable of being that kind of that necessary yeah. protector. And that's, that's a huge call out. And I don't want to go on too far, but excellent. I love this. Piece.
2: I don't want to stand no, I love over the and rest please. of the comments, but that comment that, that person brought up I think is hugely yes. important because Um, God is a warrior. In general, yeah. God Himself Amen. is a warrior, yeah, absolutely, and He created men in His likeness, and that's we're right. supposed to be warriors, that's and that means sometimes we got to do the dirty work yeah. that He calls us to do, and sometimes that dirty work is ugly and messy, yeah. and there's no way around that, and that the world doesn't want to hear that, mm-hmm. the world doesn't want to hear that that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Well, that's just that's just evil. Well, absolutely. it is evil, but we are called to fight evil, mm-hmm. and I, so that that I'm sorry, I forgot the name of no, the person that brought Those that came, up. Uh, but that, in, yeah. that is a very very. Very deep subject, as far as I'm concerned. We can talk
1: for hours about that. To be honest, because like like the idea that there is no honor in um, being entirely like in like peaceful only. There's no honor. There's no justice in being harmless. Yep. But being capable of protecting and holding it back. That's where God expects expects men to be. Uh,
3: Having been a daughter of. Sibling of three older brothers, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and then having a son and and marriage and a really good book is Wild at Heart. Yeah, I love that book. I actually should read it again. We've yeah. only been married a couple years, and um, I mean Darren's amazing. He is a he's a man's man, <laughs> <laughs> so I love that about him. Yeah. Um, but that is a really good book, and it's yeah. John Eldridge correct? Mm-hmm. Okay, so that would be a good book to read uh, if you have a son or a husband or even understand your brother in Christ. Yeah. Um, it's just a really good book to i mean i can't remember it all i mean you could probably comment of every i mean it's just so rich Mm
1: -hmm. yeah um well what what a wonderful kickoff to this desperado series i could go on for hours we're out of time i really appreciate you guys commenting the two cents and enjoying your guys's comments during this whole thing that's what we're here for we're a large community and we grow together thank you so much and we'll see you next sunday all
3: right peace out